What's up? What's up, beautiful people? It's your boy GP Speaks. Um, I wanted to check back in with y'all. I know it's been a while since we recorded, but I am back at it. Um, today I have Karen Coleman with me, and we came to give y'all some hope. Um, she's a former addict. She's been clean for 26 years. She went through a 12-step program and got closer to God. And now, man, just hearing her story just motivates and inspires me. So I wanted to I wanted her to check in with you guys and let her introduce herself, and we're gonna get the rapping. Hi, um, people out there. My name's Karen. I'm 58 years old. I'm glad that um, Glenn invited me to his podcast because I just want to share some hope to those that feel hopeless. You know, um, my story is that um, as a kid, I had a beautiful childhood. Really, I did. Um, I had a mother and a father, and I lived in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. Um, but I was always in trouble, always doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. I can remember my father always telling me that I was hard-headed. And he said I would go a hard road. And he said, you know, Karen, you're going to lose everything, and then one day you will come closer, you'll come back to God. And, you know, um, on March 25th, 1992... That was my last run. That was the last time I used drugs or alcohol. I ended up in a shelter for 11 months in Philadelphia at 13th and Arch. And that changed my life. Um, I was introduced to a 12-step program. And this 12-step program brought me closer to the God of my understanding. I guess what you can say is like a lot of people, I'm not about religion. I'm about the spirituality of it. Yeah. And um, I believe that each and every one of us has a purpose here on life. Right. But it's all about trying to find it. But I guess through this 12-step program, I found the God of my understanding. You see, my father always told me that I would have to find him and it would have to be personal. Yeah. So... Now I am personally in touch with the God of my understanding. Now, so from mm-hmm. my, my experience and from other experiences of people around me, like, I know for me, I mean, I, I gang-banged for a little while when I was mm-hmm. younger, coming from Oakland, California. I went through depression, I, you mm-hmm. know, suicidal for a little while. And in the midst of that struggle or those issues, um, of course, I couldn't see any light, mm-hmm. Right. But now, looking back at it in retrospect, mm-hmm. like, I needed to go through that. Right. I needed to go through the hurt and the pain and even the mistakes that I made to help me become the person that I'm in. It's almost like God took into account the wrongdoings that we was going to do right. and use it in a way that was like, you're going to be able to testify. You're going to be able to build somebody else's life and mind up. Like, would right. you agree? Is that the same with yeah, you? Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. like, usually, that's how it works. Because I remember... Um, it's like you have to experience some things to be able to share some hope. Right. Yeah. And by me experiencing the things that I went through, I mean, at first it seemed like, why me? Why me? I was always poor, poor me. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, they used to say, yeah, pour you another drink. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was like, I got to the point where it wasn't no more poor, poor me. It was, um, God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And show me how to do it. Right. You know? And, um... It's funny how I remember having 30 days and now I have 26 years. Yeah. You know. So now, when you first started, like when you first enrolled in the program, mm-hmm. like, 
did you go into it like confident, like I'm about to rock this thing out? Were you like shaking? Scared to death because it was a whole new life. They told me that I could not get high anymore. Hmm. So how was I supposed to stop using? How was I supposed to stop thinking about getting high? That's where the 12 steps came into play. Yeah. And you what, know? So if you, if you could break them down, like what were the 12 steps? And would you, do you think the 12 steps that you learned in that, can you apply that to other, like... That's what ways? they teach us. Yeah. So they teach us by using the 12 steps, we apply it in every area okay, of our life. Okay, yeah. Because, see, addiction affects every area of your life. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's how it works. And when I got clean, I remember just some of the miracles that happened. Um, I remember having a son with cerebral palsy. And um, I remember always using because my son was not like everybody else's child. Always feeling sorry for myself. And I remember I had three weeks clean and my son got up and walked. And they said he would never walk. So that was like, and I remember uh, somebody telling me in the rooms that strange things happen on the road to recovery. Yeah. That was my first miracle, mm-hmm. seeing my son walk. And now he's 29 years old. He drives a car. He can swim in 13 feet of water. Yeah. Healthy. Okay. He's strong as an ox. He has a gym in his house. And, you know, it's just, he was my first miracle. Yeah. And it's and, a, Yeah. yeah. It, took, it sounds like it was like God was like you start making these sacrifices and get and I'll start opening your doors and start opening your doors exactly and he did you know he really did and then I remember the next the next um, encounter was having a brother that I hadn't seen in 20 years and he had left after my father died when I was 18 he was 21 and I have a younger sister who was 13 at the time and my father died suddenly on August the 13th matter of fact Tomorrow he'll be dead um, 40 years. And I remember um, the last thing he asked me to do, he said, Karen, will you pray for me? And I remember praying for him. And then he died that Saturday, that Sunday afternoon in the hospital. But um, by Mark disappearing, it was weird because I always wondered where he was. Where the hell is my brother? Where'd he go? He just disappeared. And... um, it was September the 9th, 2000. Now, this is before, this is a year before 9 11 to the date. Yeah. And um, I got a phone call, and they told me that they had found my brother, and he was in Denver, Colorado, and he had a massive stroke, and they had given him the last rites. So they were telling me he was dying. But at the time, I was working for FedEx, and I remember going to my job and telling them the situation. And he said, Karen, don't worry about it. The plane that you were going to load, you need to go home and pack. We're going to send you out on that plane. They flew me to Denver, Colorado, free of charge. That was the next, that was like the next big thing. I had eight years clean. And they said, you know, you're going to your brother. And the woman said that when I told him you were coming, his heart rate went up. He was unconscious, but he could hear. And he said, your sister Karen, she's coming from Philadelphia. She's on her way. She said his heart rate started going up. That means he had some hope. He realized (laughs) that somebody cared. Somebody still cared, even though he was gone for 20 years. Never cared about us or where we were. But at that point, God had stopped my brother, too, because he ran for so long. But he's alive today. 
And the last time I saw him, last year, my sister and my oldest son, Ollie, we both flew out to Denver and celebrated his 60th birthday. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was awesome. And how did he look? He was like up the beat, up the He was so happy, yeah. 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 He's um, he's in a... um, assistant living program mm. because um, they had to amputate half of his leg because of his diabetes and he, you know he had a very severe stroke he shouldn't have survived the doctor said he was the 3% that survived because they had found him with a pint of blood on his brain right. yeah so he wasn't supposed to be here right. but see strange things happen on the road to recovery yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now he's alive he has all his faculties yeah. we talk on the phone and when going out and seeing him was like a blessing. Yeah. My sister hadn't seen her brother since she was 13 years old. My sister is 53. She just turned 54. She saw her brother at the age of 53. All them years he hadn't seen him. So, and I, me, I, mm-hmm. I can relate to a degree because I, did, I didn't meet my dad, like officially really meet my dad until mm-hmm. I was 16 years old. Yeah. And when I met him, I had all kind of animosity and anger toward him. Mm. I grew up in the hood, Oakland, California, going yeah. through the shenanigans, like mm. knowing that I wasn't supposed to be in it, but didn't have like that family kind of camaraderie and love. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. I'm finna go be a part of something. That's what it was. I blamed him for it. He did something. But it was, a, it was, when I met him, I got a reality check too. Mm. He was about 640 pounds. Mm. He was six foot seven. He uh he had gout. Um, he was a heavy user too. So uh, his I, bone marrow and everything was all messed up. He couldn't walk. Uh, I had to cook for him. Uh, my mother in law had to clean uh clean him up. I can remember us leaving as a family leaving that house two times. The entire time I was out there I was out there for fourteen days, and eight out of the fourteen days, eight or nine out of the fourteen days, paramedics had to come carry him out of there. My and it God. took eight to nine paramedics to carry him out. Now, mm. there was pain in that experience, mm-hmm. but something clicked in me where I said, obesity ends right now. And you wanted to live. There, and while I was there, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Tacoma, Washington, mm-hmm. Grand Washington. It's cold out there. I went out there for, for a winter break. I bundled up beanie, gloves, hoodies, right, right, right. thermals under, just start running. Just start running every cool. day for the, the whole time I was out there. I got back. I started running that. That's the epiphany. You know, you get and, an epiphany. And I had to see that mm-hmm. because at that point I yeah. was hopeless. You I saw death. My, I knew my grandmother was obese and was dying. Okay. I knew my mother was obese and okay. had health issues. I knew my oldest sister was obese and okay. had health issues. But now pops, mm. I don't have. I'm I'm the choice. <laughs> right. And, you started loving yourself, and that something just clicked. Then we didn't talk again for like two or three years. Mm. And then um, I got my scholarship to Clark. <gasps> for Clark. How cool. And when I got there, me and him started talking. And then I, he, because he got back in, in touch with God, he got further away from the flesh. Um, mm. I found out my dad was a prophet. Yeah, he, I can relate. He, he, he met my wife to be. He didn't know her, never spoke to her, started praying with her about stuff that she hadn't told anybody. But God. <gasps> She started breaking down in the, in the uh, prayer. She told me about it afterwards. I kind of believed it, but I yeah. wasn't that close with God at the time. Right. Then he prayed with me. And that's something. <laughs> and then I was like, wow. How uh, awesome. Went from that. Uh, we talked pretty much every single day. I called him before every practice. Called him after every game. While I was playing at Clark. This was 2012. Um, mm. And then we got close to the tournament. 
And um, I called him before. He didn't hit me back. He told me I had something to do that day. I called him the next day. Didn't hear from him. Yeah. Chilled for that weekend. Turned up with my friends and all of that. Kind of mm. forgot about it. Yeah. Reached back out to him the next week. Now I'm like, what's going on? Because we got to the point where we were talking every day. Okay. Pops became my best friend. And that's something. And it went from me hating him because he wasn't to there to him. now I'm a grown man. I really now I have my dad. Oh. But it reveals such a blessing. It reveals so much about me. Yeah. Like I see what my brother and them used to say when they'd be like, You pops. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm really his son. So you yeah, so, okay. So you're the one that, that's more was more like him than yeah, all of them. Yeah, like my and now it's like I realize it now. Oh look, I gotta finish the story. So yeah. um I ended up calling my brother after I didn't get in contact with him and he was like, Well, there's a possibility that the pot might be dead. And I'm like, well, Oh god. So now at this point I knew I know now that at that point my brother knew that my dad was dead. He just didn't have the stomach to tell me yet because he knew how close we'd gotten. Yeah. Next and you were day, far away too, Glenn. I was I was all the way in Atlanta. My dad was in Seattle. My brother was in Oakland. Oh my God. So yeah. Mm, <laughs> there was some distance. That's amazing. So um yeah, and I talked to my brother and So what happened me. to your daddy? Uh he was coming from the hospital, broad daylight, uh, yes. in the afternoon. Uh, in the middle of Seattle and he got hit by a car drug half a block I told you about how big my dad was yeah right cause you're you're big <laughs> and my dad like I'm big but he was like you know okay. like I said he was plus 600 pounds oh my god so um yeah well, that's amazing and I, and I just was like how do you miss someone of that stature one when you hit him how do you not See stop him. acceleration quick enough dragging. like how do you get a half a block so uh, yeah, we we never we never figured out who it was or what happened. Oh, it was, was a hit and run. It was a hit and run. Oh my God! You know what, Glenn? I don't believe anything is by chance. Nothing. nothing. Because look how um, look how you and I uh, met. Yeah. We met through me sending my daughter down here to Clark Atlanta University. Right. You know, my daughter only uh, Joy. She only went and applied to one school. Yeah. And that was Clark Atlanta. <sighs> You know? Yeah, and you know what's crazy? I had a, That's something. I had about 14 scholarship offers. You had 14, but you decided to come here. So, and the crazy part about it is I decided to come here because um, some stuff happened with me and my coach toward the end of it. And, right. Um, he ended up calling some of the scouts. He was like, yeah, we're not going to be sending him there, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't oh. know that he was making those phone calls. Wow. But scouts weren't hitting me back. So I'm like, okay, I didn't came too far. I'm going to play basketball somewhere. Okay. Um, Desiree, she came on a college tour to Clark. She right. came back and was like, I love it, I love it, I love it. Me and her all in love and everything. <laughs> she came back in Clark's shirt. I reach out to them. They look at my highlight film. Now, when they first hit me up, they was like, yeah, we don't do full scholarships. Uh, 10 out of the other 14 schools was offering me a full ride. So wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need a full scholarship. But he was like, well, we'll fly you out here for a recruit trip. See how you like the city. See how you like the school. All of that. Came out here. I played for him in a scrimmage game. I had like... 28 and 15. Oh, cool. Crazy. <laughs> um, it was like, yeah, we need you. Uh, full scholarship. We got you. Book scholarship. Oh, everything. That was so, awesome. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, yes, yeah, it's, so it's an amazing ride that we take, yeah, you know? Yeah. And and all of this is like, I mean, if you just listen to this conversation, like, mm-hmm. this conversation is full of what the purpose of this discussion is. Hope. Hope, yeah. Because we, you hear about the roller coasters. You hear about the values. You hear about right, those, right. those low, low, low points. Yeah. Just to 
And in those low points, you feel like, what am I even alive for? Just for God to bring you through. He brings you and through. And bring you up. He does. And then use that. To, now you see that that experience that hurts you. Come on. And built you up. Now you're using that to change somebody else's life. And That's shape right. their perspective. Right. Now you see why you went through it in the first place. That's why I remember they used to say, <laughs> your test will be your testimony. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. You know. So, um, life is amazing. God is amazing. Um, he is. Because he sees, he already has it mapped out from yeah. where we, we just have to go through it. We, we just, just have to walk through it. Learn obedience. And right. Learn oh God, that's the key word. Obedience. That's the key word to spirituality <laughs> yeah. is obedience. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, All right. Because yeah, because I can relate. I can totally relate. And, and I saw, I listened to a sermon uh, mm-hmm. last week and it was by uh, Michael Stevenson's All Nation Worship Assembly. He's the head they they got the head church of the church that I go to in Atlanta. Okay. They branches in Chicago. Oh, all um, right. So and he was like, uh, "You gotta lose your mind. Mm, come on, to find the mind of God." <gasps> and now that slapped me across the face. He said that you gotta lose your mind and find the mind of God. <gasps> Now, if you think about all them isolation moments, all of them Come broke on. moments, all of them in-between places moments, like, you damn near go crazy. And I and, did. And the only thing that you can do... Is come to God. Is come to God. And when you come to God, for some strength, it's like you get this weird kind of peace. Like, you know you're supposed to be freaking out going crazy. <laughs> you're sleeping on your daughter's couch right now. You I know, know I saying? know. That's a crazy experience for me. Okay. You know what I mean? But... I'm peaceful because now I've he's got working no on you. He's working on you. And he's and he's and while he's working on you, while he's doing what he's doing, the peace comes because now that you become obedient, he can speak to you. You you can hear him talking, and he's letting me know like everything is oh, good. That is such a blessing because now that you've said that, remember I shared with you, and I want to share with those out there that are listening yeah. that you know with uh, I had 24 years clean and I stopped doing what I was supposed to do yeah. as a recovering addict. Right. I stopped making meetings. Yeah. I stopped going to my home group. I didn't have one. Yeah. I had no sponsor. I had no connection with anything that dealt with the 12 step program, right. and I basically basically lost my mind. Yeah. I called 911 on myself. Mm-hmm. I uh 302'd myself because mm-hmm. I was losing my mind. Yeah. And people were like, "Oh no, you know, everyone was devastated. Right. Everyone because I'm like was the anchor of the family, yeah. always doing everything for everybody, mm-hmm. but wasn't doing nothing for Karen." Right. And it came to that point like you said. That's that's so amazing. And then you said that guy said, you literally have to lose your mind until you get the mind of God. And that's what happened. And let me tell you, I can relate because you know what? After I spent 12 days in a hospital in uh, Philadelphia, the doctor suggested that I come down to Atlanta, which I did. And I stayed with Joy for over a month. Yeah. And I, st- I stayed with her for over a month yeah, yeah, yeah. in her apartment, you know? That was the one that smurred her. Yup, yeah, and yeah, I stayed with her. Yup, I stayed with her for 30 days up there at her apartment. Because he says, I don't want you to go home yet. Yeah, straight getaway. Yup. Continue to and continue she's, to break his phone And home. she's such a great getaway, too. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> you know, because like... Y'all just be rocking y'all like... I know. We I are, we are. We used to be like that when she was little. Yeah. And I would come in her room and sit in her bed with her. And we'd just sit and talk. Yeah. You know? But she's been such a blessing in my life. Yeah. You know, we named her Joy for a reason. Right. Yeah. You know? And so, she she became little sis off top when we first right. started training. Yeah. Because, like, for one, I believe, even before I met her, the name is a person and the person is a name. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So there's already some kind of connectivity. Like, I'm a little bit of a hippie in a regard. Like, I'll go off a of vibe. I don't care what nobody says about you. Right. My spirit doesn't take to everybody. So if I can feel connectivity between us, I can relate. got something good going on. Yeah, yeah. So Joy was that person. Like, she can't, she can't be still. She always bouncing around, <laughs> you know, and I had to stop it. We're trying to get through this session. Come on. She's my Joy. bad, bro. My bad, bro. And I while she's yelling at her, she's still laughing. Like, I know. You know she's such I mean? a sweetheart. But, but when she grinds, she grinds, she go man. Hard. She goes yeah. hard. And then at the end of the day, I noticed there was plenty of times, like, where I was at the end of my wits in a training session or in my day with training. Okay. And right. then I'd come train Joy. We'd be laughing, chopping it up, chopping it up. So I'm like, she just brings you that joy, she you, and that's how she was. And, and it was like I started feeling like, man, like what kind of reciprocation am I bringing to this friendship? Like, and then she broke it down to me one day, like, bro, like you really motivate me. It's not a lot of men in my life who give me feedback and build. She's me right. Like, she's right. She's totally know? right. So, yeah. And and that's one thing about me. Like if I'm mm. in, if I have any kind of friendship or acquaintance with somebody, it has to be reciprocity. If you okay. do something for me, if you build me up, even if you don't know you do it, right? I gotta add something back to you. That's the spiritual you. law that I don't want to break. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that is awesome. See, like we were meant to meet, no matter yeah, what. For sure. I mean, even though, like, you're as old as my oldest son. Yeah. But God had already known that we were going to meet. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, no, that, it, it was destiny. Nothing is actually. Now we're sitting here. Nothing's by chance. Yeah. Nothing is by chance. Um, th- and this right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this. Has as well changed my life. Podcasting sure. has changed my life. Sure. I didn't know that I was a communicator. I didn't know that I spoke as intellectually as I speak. Oh. I didn't know that I had as much wisdom as I have. Sometimes but that's you, God's wisdom. That's God's wisdom. See, He so works there, on you. There are some stuff that I couldn't even repeat of what I said, but I know I was just letting. That's God's God. wisdom. But when you hear people's feedback and you hear people, oh, I was taking yeah. notes and man, you helping me get my perspective in order. It's like, okay, you're supposed to be. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so back to the crowd. We kind of actually forgot that y'all were there for a minute. Yeah, we did. <laughs> which is good, which is good. So y'all know that everything is authentic. Right. Um, but I hope that y'all are truly empowered. Um, I hope that y'all are, y'all are truly yeah. mentally elevated. And remember, it does not matter what your life look like right now. Right. Um it doesn't matter how broke you are. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter who hurts you. It right. doesn't matter what, how bad you messed up. You right. understand what I'm saying? Like, God has already considered that. He yeah. knew what he was getting when he got you. Because um, he made you. He made you. That's and, right. And, and he knew that you was going to make that mistake. Now, that is not mm-hmm. a fast pass to just go mess up and screw around. Right. You understand what I'm saying? You have to change your heart. You have to get after God's heart. You have to see. And I'll tell you guys something. Most people think trying church and trying prayer, God shows up. No, he going to challenge your heart. So yeah. even when any when things aren't changing and doesn't look like they get better that's where you stay consistent with your prayer and your worship and trust in god because that's what he's looking for can you it's a breakthrough it's a breakthrough this is and you know what and just in closing it's like life is not an event it is a process it is a total process and as long as we're here on on earth we have breath in our bodies we can change we can change for the better yes just hold on well, we love y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, please drop reviews, <clears throat> add us, comment, anything that you wish, and we will check in with you guys in a few days. Love, peace, and hair grease.
<laughs> I'm a goofball too. I gotta incorporate some goofball. That was stuff. pretty cool. I like that. Love peace and hair grease. Glenn, you're a mess. <laughs> big old but you know what, Glenn? You know, this could be something big. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, um, it's, it's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be. Let me, let me see where you went. Oh, we'll go back to the thing. And oh, we're still recording. You gotta stop. Oh, stop. <laughs>